0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we welcome award-winning writer Michael Panther. We're going to talk about writing and movies and TV and inspiration, all kinds of different stuff. Here's Michael. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Sherry. Thank you very much for having me.
1: How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. I'm uh, stopped up on coffee. It's currently half past 12 in a.m. here in Sweden. But uh, aside from that, I'm very good. How are you?
1: <laughs> yeah, after midnight. Yeah, here it's in at 3.30 and it's hot. And it's humid, um, but otherwise I'm fine. <laughs> no, good, good. Typical summer. Mhm. Um, how is it there? How's the weather?
0: It's, at the moment, it's actually quite mm, temperate. It's, it's not too bad, actually. Sweden, Sweden, which is uh, where where I am, is uh, very much a country of of two seasons um, it's, uh, in, the, in the winter it's extremely cold and extremely dark and it snows a lot and in the summer it can be really really hot and really really nice um, and it's been very hot for the last few weeks, this week um, it's been a little bit rainy and not too hot, so it reminds me of home, it reminds me of England, which I quite like
1: Yeah I mean the the second one sounds like England <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Channeling, channeling the English weather without a
1: doubt well, do they get the English weather there? Does it go up to the Scandinavian temperature? No, country?
0: I, 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 like, like I say, I, I think Sweden, e- England seems to be sort of dreary and rainy almost all year round. You know, we don't really have extreme temperatures in the winter, and it can get, you know, it can get quite hot in the summer, but a lot of the time it's just sort of Grey and cold, uh, grey and miserable, not cold. Um, whereas in Sweden, you know, they they have a, a few months of real summer, um, and then they have a few months of real winter. Um, and and in the summer, it's the complete opposite to the winter in terms of the um, the the light that you get. So in the summer, you know, we here you get you can you can have you know, almost 24-hour daylight. Not not, ex- not exactly, you know, it does, it does get dark for about two or three hours. But, you know, at uh, midsummer, which was only a couple of weeks ago, um, there it's like it gets dark at about midnight, and then the sun comes up again at about 1 a.m. So they only have about an hour's worth of, of true darkness. Um, and apart from that, it's just light all, all the time. So that's, that's the, biggest the biggest difference.
1: That's interesting.
0: Hmm.
1: So you are so basically it's like Alaska
0: yeah I, I guess I've never been to Alaska but like in in the winter here it's you know you a lot of dark around the clock you know you do, it does obviously you do have light as well it's not complete pitch black but in the north of Sweden um, they have even more sort of ex- extremes than it, it can they have what's called the midnight sun um, and that's just where it's just constant sun and then in the winter it can be constant dark so here it's it's not as bad as as that. We 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 get in the winter. You know, you get a few hours of daylight, and then in the in the summer, you get about. You know, sometimes right in the middle of summer, you get like maybe an hour, hour and a half of dark, and then it's not completely completely dark. It's just darker. Um, but you know, up until eleven thirty p.m., it can be extremely bright, and then it gets bright again at like one a.m. half past one.
1: That that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't. I but does it make it hard to sleep?
0: Yeah, the curtains are really good here. The blinds, oh, yeah. blind, blind tend to be really good here because because of just that. Um, because otherwise, it's you know essentially you're sleeping. Um, it's like trying to go to sleep in the middle of the day sometimes, um, and you know if you if you miss that sweet spot of, of when it is dark. Say for as a, as, a, as a writer like I a lot of the time can write up to write to, into the early hours of the morning. If you miss miss that sweet spot, you know you are quite literally going to bed when the sun is already up, and and then that's when when a, a really good pair of curtains or or a good blind comes in handy.
1: So you guys have like blackout yeah. curtains.
0: Yeah, actually we don't. We need to invest in some. Um, we we have blinds uh, and they they do a job, but a lot of people here will have complete blackout curtains. Because otherwise, as I said, you you are faced with with trying to get to sleep um, in in what is essentially you know the sun is, is just as bright and it's just as light as it would be at like 11 a.m. midday almost.
1: That's interesting. That's, at least it give you it'd be, if it's like light all that time, it makes probably makes it easier for you when you stay up late to write.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does do that, and I, 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 you do you do seem to have. Um, I've lived here for four years now, and I do really seem to have more energy in the summer, and that could be a direct result of it just being brighter and lighter all the time, and that maybe sort of seeps into your mood in some way. Uh, and then on the other hand, in the winter, it can, you know, the days are long and cold and dark, so <laughs> it's quite the opposite. So, like I said before, very much a country of, of two seasons, despite the fact that they do have an autumn and a spring, of course. Um, it's it, I see it more as a country of two seasons.
1: I can understand that. It's it's just like people say that California has no seasons, but that's not true. <laughs> well,
0: technically
1: not true, right? No, we do have seasons. We have all kinds of seasons. We have rainy season. We have humid and hot, like now. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have foggy in June and then really, really hot in August. And there's yeah. all kinds of stuff. And then in fall it gets rainy again and
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's quite it's quite nice with with the, the 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 one the one um positive about the about sweden being so very different in the winter to it isn't to how it is in the summer is that it's completely different things that you can do right you know like a lot of people in sweden like to ski and they like to uh uh, snowboard and and some people go ice fishing and and then in the summer you have a completely different country you know you have a complete a, a lot of different things to experience um, and that's quite fun.
1: Yeah, I would think so. That's cool. Um, are you? I mean, I know you're a busy guy, but do you like to read any books? I mean, do you have favorites?
0: Yeah, so so I. I Read as much as a time allows and b my own writing allows and and with with the time issue is is not so much of a of a problem because you know I can always find like a half an hour before bed to read a chapter or something or other but but the writing issue so so basically when I'm when I'm writing my own stuff which is essentially all the time um, I try to avoid reading stuff. Because I've found that when I, when I write and read simultaneously, or not simultaneously, but you know, if, if I read a book and then go to write, or I read a chapter and then go to write my own chapter, I feel like if the book is, is good enough and the voice is strong enough, um, I almost feel it leaking into my own work. Hmm. And, then, and then my own work becomes like a poor imitation of whatever author I'm reading at that moment, and and it's not something I do consciously. It just sort of happens. You know, I can write a write write a passage, and and then I'll go back to read it the next day, and I'll think, hmm, that's that reads like a a not as good George Martin or a not as good Mark Lawrence or a, you know what I mean, that sort of thing. So so I, my my solution to that was to okay, well if I'm if I'm going for a patch where my you know say a few weeks where I'm Brain, if I'm brainstorming or, or world building or something, and I'm not physically writing, then I, then I can read and, and it's no problem. But I find that if I'm deep into a project um, and I read at the same time um, on the same days, it just doesn't work for me. It, it becomes a bit of a problem.
1: Hmm. that's interesting. I guess everybody's different. Very hmm. cool. I I I, I, always, I I usually have always read, even when I'm working on my own writing. I. Can't help it, I'm just a reader.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so you said George Martin, and who was the other person? I didn't catch. Mark Lawrence. Mark so Lawrence. he's a,
0: a British author. Um, he wrote the, what was, the Broken Empire trilogy, which started with Prince of Thorns. Um, which was a that was his sort of that was his debut novel and that was a, a, a sort of a, a breakout his breakout novel that that did that did really really well um, and sort of propelled him into into the sphere of of British fantasy writers. It's very much grimdark, but um, but but he he I quite like reading 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 uh, Mark Lawrence, George Martin. Um, I mean that is solely. A Song of Ice and Fire, and those books, are, I, I love them so much that it's like I reread them um, at this point once a year, in the sort of vague hope that one day I'll see, you know, the announcement that uh, the Winds of Winter it actually has a published date and it's coming. Um, <laughs> but um, so, so I, I read, I reread them quite a lot, um, and as, aside aside from that, I, I, I Obviously, uh, uh, like Patrick Rothfuss, Brandon Sanderson, all of the sort of the heavyweights of the, of the fantasy scene. Um, I, I I read, you know, whenever whenever Sanderson has a new book out, I'll I'll read I'll read that. Um Patrick Rothfuss, sort of in the same category as George Martin now, where you know there's only so many times I can read uh, The Name of the Wind. <laughs> um, Where you know while well, while I'm while I'm waiting for the third book to 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 be released, there's only so many times I can reread his other stories. Yeah. Um. But uh, and then aside from that, I, I like to read outside of the genre a little bit. I really like the um, uh, Jack Reacher novels by Lee Child. Um. Um. I'm, I'm, I was reading one of those. Uh, that was not the last thing I was reading. That was a cap- No, more than a couple of months ago. Actually, that was kind of at the beginning of the year. It was the last time that I I read i was sort of really invested in a book um but i allowed myself to be to sort of get carried away with with that instead of focusing on my own work
1: is you i don't know about you but when i get really into an author i get like i have to read all their books Mm. are you like that Yeah. yeah
0: so so i am to a degree so so i mean for example the the the, the, the Jack Reacher series is obviously like twenty books long or something but obviously that's just in that series. That's just his, his thing. But then I I haven't read anything else from The Child. And I would say um certain authors I will read, you know, I'll read and I really like their the tone of voice or I really like the uh the, the, the style of their prose and, and then i and then I'll I'll look for other things that, 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 that they have. But at the same time I can also be and this actually happened with with Mark Lawrence, uh, the the author I mentioned before. I read I read Prince of Thorns and the two, uh, sorry, I read the, all the books in that trilogy, and then I read I went to read his something else, and I just didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much. I I just uh, so then I was wondering, oh maybe maybe it was just that specific trilogy that that, that I enjoyed, um, and I and again I, I will give every author sort of a fair chance. and you know, I did read other stuff of his after that. But um, but I, I I wouldn't say I'm one of these people who like if I enjoy something I have to read everything that author's done. I, I'm more sort of more sort of attracted I think to the to the stories themselves. You know, if I like a story, if I like the a series of books, if I read the first one, then of course I will buy all of them, not usually at once. You know, before I've even read the second one, and just and just trust and hope that that uh, the the sort of the story gets better as it goes along. But um, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I understand that completely. I, I get really into certain books, but there, there have been authors that I like their books, but only a certain genre that they write and not another genre. And that's nothing against them, because it may not be that I'm into that particular style. Uh-huh. You know... um a good author is a good author um, yeah, I, I you know like uh, w- outside of science fiction one of my favorite people is Agatha Christie and she wrote in so many different genres um, It's it, you, you could just pick one because <laughs> <I just, laughs> she it's basically she wrote books that were considered horror like um, and then there were none and, peop- and books like that and then she wrote, um, under another name, uh, a series of brittle sad romantic books. They were considered romance, but they're really not romance because they were all just basically really sad. I think it was the way she got through her first um the divorce. Um, was writing the trying to get them out of her system.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how that, that 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 happens as well. When when uh, particularly authors that have had a very long long career and a, and a sort of a long established career, that you can sort of see the changes in their style or mm-hmm. see the change, yeah, uh, and and you can sort of almost directly link them to real world events, things that they've experienced or things traumas they might have gone through or or things that might have happened, and you can you can quite literally see it see it going into their into their work.
1: Yeah, I actually, it's interesting, as uh, Agatha Christie got older, she actually, her books were, there There was more, it was more modern, and her um, tendency to stereotype certain people disappeared, and, and oh, yeah. I think that was basically because she traveled so much, and she met those people, and she learned... Uh, you know, not to do that because she actually met people that she was stereotyping.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: I think it's really interesting. I mean, yeah, people I do grow and change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: they, they do, they do, and, and, and uh, again, that's, that's one of the most interesting things about reading works from people who, people who write over the course of decades uh, is to see how their own work changes, you know, how their voice matures and develops uh, based on on the person that that they are maturing and developing into.
1: That's true. I mean and there is um I also, the first mystery books I ever read were Ellery Queen because I actually had a crush on the actor who played Ellery Queen in a TV series, well, well. Jim Hutton. Um mm-hmm. and so I started reading the Ellery Queen books, but it's really interesting they were so different from and the, the the people who wrote the mystery series, the the screenplay for the mystery series, were the same people who wrote the books. They were cousins. Yep. There wasn't Ellery Queen. There were two cousins who wrote the book and the books. And there was a lot of prejudice because they're from the Golden Age. Uh, there was a lot of prejudice in the early books, um, and yet when you read the later books. It's not there anymore, you know yeah. it's interesting, like I said, people do grow
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's completely natural right yep. and like I said it's just very very interesting to see how that then shows through in the in the in the written word,
1: yeah, I think it's very interesting, uh you gotta when you're reading older works, you have to close your eyes to that because. It's just in every book, every series. There's going to be something yeah. that will upset you.
0: I agree, I agree. But then, but then again, they they, they are products of their of their time,
1: mm-hmm. and I think
0: you have you have to bear that in mind with, with certain pieces of certain pieces of fiction that were written in an age that is very very different to the age we live in today.
1: Exactly. So, so it makes it
0: makes sense that the that the that the voice and the the elements in in certain elements in stories. Uh, going to be completely different to what would be the norm and even accepted today.
1: That's that's exactly I mean if you read something that's from Regency period like Jane Austen it's full of stuff that could upset you if you don't you know you have to read it in the you know with the mindset that this is this period and they this is the way they were but they write beautifully and give them a break. <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly. Like I said, you sort of take it for what it is, and 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 try not to try not to consume it with with the with your your modern day lens on. Mhm.
1: Yeah, you can't read classics with your modern lens. You just can't. No,
0: no, absolutely not. Uh,
1: I mean, and you know I love all kinds of stuff. I like I've read Greek plays and and all kinds of stuff, and you can't you, you even the language of it, or like Shakespeare and the language of that, you just you have to read it with the mindset of who you're reading. Mhm. I agree. Um. So my next question is: When did you start writing? What were you a kid? Oh,
0: when when was I not writing? Okay, um, so you like, were a kid. Um, I, I, <laughs> I was. I have been writing. My entire life, uh, right. I've been writing stories as far back I think as I could hold a pen. Um, I my my earliest my earliest memory of writing um, is is writing on my bedroom floor with a, a pencil and paper and just reams and reams and reams of of, of, of paper, just just having ideas and, and and just writing stories out of them. And then and then the first I think the first proper story uh, i wrote was in 1998 or 1999 it was when basically it was directly after star wars the phantom menace had come out and so i was i think seven or eight i want to say seven i could i could have been eight but um but i uh, anyway i came home and from the cinema and decided that i was going to write the sequel to to a phantom menace so i did over the course of I don't know how many days, weeks, whatever. I just wrote again the pencil and paper. Um, and then I finished and gave it to my mum and said, you know, can you send this where it needs to go? I've, uh, you know, I've written the next Star Wars film. Um, obviously, it did. Get the reaction I'd hoped for in terms of uh, you know George Lucas decided not to run run with that um, uh, he went with Attack of the Clones which um, interestingly enough up until a few years ago had the lowest IMDb rating of all of the Star Wars films so I'm not saying that I would have I would have written a better sequel to Phantom Menace but I tried um, and um, yeah and then from there I, I like I said I've been writing. For as long as I can remember, uh, and then around about two thousand and two thousand and seventeen, I decided to actually take it seriously and start writing with intent to to actually publish things professionally and 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 eventually make a career out of it. Because as far back as I can re- imagine, uh, as far back as I can remember, my um, my aim was always, you know, what do I want to do in life? Well, I want to be uh, an author. So.
1: I think that's great.
0: Mm
1: did you um, did you um did you study it in
0: school uh right um so so no so so what so i did um i i when when i was when i was in school by far like far and away my best subjects were english and english literature um and they were the ones that i enjoyed the most um and then i decided when i was going to university I had a choice. Between going to university and studying creative writing, or going to university and studying journalism, and I, when I was sort of, when I did, sort of done my research and, and 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 looked at the sort of pros and cons of both, I decided that well, with journalism is of course uh, you know a much more sort of stable job if you if you graduate you know from university with a journalism degree and you can get into journalism then you you know you have a, a way to sustain yourself while you're writing as opposed to you doing if i'd have done you know gone down the route of taking a creative writing degree um it's there is no sort of concrete job at the end of it where it's like it's okay i'll be a creative writer you know all writing is creative so i so i, I made the decision to do, study journalism um as a way of Sort of keeping my my tools sharpened, and I would still be learning techniques regarding writing, and I would still be writing every day. Um, but at the same time, uh, have a little bit more solid ground under my feet, should we say? Um, so so yeah. So I studied journalism at university.
1: So you're in the you went the same route as Dickens.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, but you could say that yeah yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah people didn't don't some people who don't look at stuff beyond well what he wrote um I'm nuts when I read an author and I like an author. I have to find out about the actual author, so I know all about Dick and yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, he was like really into um helping to find out about the poor and trying to get uh you know better life for people and stuff like that but that leaked out into his writing too
0: of course of course of course it's, yeah it, it, I was just about to say that's that's sort of evident in, in his in his writing
1: yeah cuz he I mean he wrote series on you know the how people are don't have uh, electricity because um, electricity was really new and, yeah. and uh, that the, they were like sleeping on top of each other, and all, really terrible stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, um, uh, as you said before, the, the, a lot of a lot of his his, his books, a lot of his, his texts, foc- focused on on the, the sort of the, the class differences. Um, uh, obviously, Oliver Twist is the the one everyone recognises. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also others uh, great expectations as well deals with a bit of that and there was you know there's you know, Christmas Carol even is is, is 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 you know to a degree you can sort of look at it and you can see 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 how he was sort of challenging challenging uh, society at the time.
1: I like the Pickwick Papers.
0: Mm, I've never, I haven't actually read
1: that one. Oh, it's really fun. That's actually one of his more fun bu- uh, books. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Christmas Carol. I, w- I love the movie um with Alistair yeah. Sim, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I my father uh that was his favorite. So we would watch it every year. Uh, <laughs> the Alistair Simbers and with Patrick Mc- and pa- oh, what's his name? He was in the Avengers. Um anyway, he was in it too. He played mm-hmm. Marley um young Marley, no, old Marley.
0: He played oh Marley. yeah, okay. Okay.
1: Um, and um, uh, so uh, that's that was the Christmas Carol I knew. So when I got the book, when I was about, I got it at the library. I think it was about ten or eleven, something like that. I was the smallest book you ever saw. It is uh, like tiny. It's a novella. It's not really a novel. <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the most influential books. It started Christmas in England. It did all this stuff, and Absolutely. it's a tiny little book. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's like yeah. about, I think it's like a hundred pages. I mean, it's really like a one-day read. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, have a, I have a much. I have my own version that I bought of it. But when I, I was when I got it at the library, I went. That's it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, it's funny actually I, I remember thinking the same when I read um, animal farm and um, uh, by George Orwell um, mm-hmm. and and uh, 1984 um, I remember thinking the same thing um, where, where it was kind of like, you know it, they, these they're such sort of powerful books and they they're such sort of um, important relics of literature, and I remember thinking when when I, when I got the books to read, I was like, they're, they're, you know, I, I read like Animal Farm, like and like you say, like a, it was like a day, mm-hmm. um, I, and, and it was like, they're just, the, the message they convey, and the way that they're written is so clever and so strong, that it's like, you can sort of, you know, essentially, you know, I don't want to go as far as, say, change the world, but to, to in such short, in such few words, um, make such a big impact.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, another book uh, that I was shocked was very, very short was The Time Machine by H.D. Uh, mm. Wells. I mean, yeah. another one-day book. I think it's a little yeah. longer. I think it was like 160 pages or something like that. But yeah. but another book that, I mean, that's like the coincidental time travel book, you know? I mean, mm. it's like um, one of the best books on that. And he was tr- really talking about some stuff that was really disturbing him yeah Uh, Yeah. about what the world is and what he was worried that will happen to the world because all that anybody can talk about was war and he was worried that we were going to blow ourselves up which Mm. you know Uh, yeah pressing issues (laughs) yeah Um, but it's it's another book that really affected things, and affected the world, uh, and certainly affected writers. Uh, but, and the, why are they so... You, the first question you ask when you get that, like you probably did with Orwell, why are they so short? Yeah, how are they,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: just interesting.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree, very interesting.
1: Um, The turns discussion, I wanted to know how you found out about Writers of the Future. Yeah,
0: so so in 2018, um, I had started writing on Whatpad. So it's like a the, you may have had it's like an online online writing platform, basically where anybody can can write write um, write books, uh, novels. Short stories, you know, you name it, and and it's this big on. I think it's the, the largest online writing community in the world. And they, um, they, I, I decided, like I said, in 2017, to start taking writing seriously. So I, I wrote a novella for that, and I managed to to win their sort of yearly, uh, one of their yearly awards, which is like what they call sort of the, the Oscars of of, of, of uh, sort of. Um, of Wattpad, um, and 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 I won one of my novellas won that, and so and that was really big and huge. It was the first time that I sort of had like real recognition for my for my for my writing. So I, so I was like, okay, well, what what's next? And I sort of that kind of gave me the buzz of uh, or the buzz for sort of writing competitions and writing sort of like where where to, how to take the next or got me thinking about where to take the next step. And so I googled um i i know I write mainly or almost exclusively in, in fantasy and al- almost exclusively in second secondary world fantasy so so I googled top writing fantasy writing contests in the world, and Writers of the future was the top of the list it was like on quite a few you know that was the first one that came up in the google search and when i when I sort of did my research on it, it was like everybody was just talking about like oh you know win win this if you sort of wanna Want to want to take a step up and really sort of get yourself out there and, and and give yourself the best possible chance. Um, winning this is a good way to do it. Um, so so yeah, so that was that was how I found out about it.
1: That's cool. And uh, did you did you have to try more than once, or did you win on your first attempt?
0: No, so my, I I submitted three times. The first my first one um, actually made finalist, and that that was what I think. Gave me the, the hunger to go back again because I, I, it wasn't like I'd set my, com, my trained my sights completely on winning Writers' to the Future. I think I, I'd, I of course, I'd, I'd heard about it, but the first time I submitted, I, I did, really didn't know. Just how big it was in terms of the you know the flying you up for the workshop and stuff I didn't have any I just had just seen it on Google as like this is a really really big writing competition You know, so so I submitted and I I made my first submission made finalist. So I so so then having realized that sort of how close I'd come I dug a bit deeper and then was like Oh my god, I was really close to this extremely incredible opportunity Um, so I submitted again and I got an honorable mention and then I um, submitted the third time, um, and and that one was actually funny because I'd originally I sat down and, and I had I had a, a good idea of, um, and of what I wanted to what I wanted to do, and I said okay well I'll I'll submit this for first quarter uh, entry. It would be a first quarter entry, so that's I, I believe from September to December um, is what they count as the first quarter. Of, of each of each volume year, so so I submitted. Uh, sorry, I uh, planned to submit, and then life got in the way, um, as it you know, as it so usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I had a son last year in February. Oh, and of that, of that, my Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, there's been it's been a whirlwind uh, of of sort of positivity and love. Um, but that on uh, by uh, on the other hand wasn't uh, extremely conducive to my writing Um, so so I actually ended up submitting my story the day of the deadline on the last quarter uh, of that year so it took me um, I would say the better part of it must have been like from actually hardcore, well, not hardcore writing, but actually, actually seriously writing. I, you know, it took me months and months and months, way longer than I than I had anticipated. But I got it in, and that one proved to be the winner. So it was good that I got it in when I did.
1: That's really cool. And did you enjoy the workshops and stuff?
0: Oh yeah, they, they, it was incredible. I mean, the whole experience is uh, is unforgettable and extremely unique. Um, and it, it was, it, of course, you go into it with expectation. You, you know that it's you know it's going to be extremely helpful. But, but but everything the the way we were the way we were sort of the way we were treated, the the things that we got to to learn from you know from these sort of titans of, of the fantasy sci-fi field, um, it was it, it was incredible. Like it's difficult to put into words really without sounding cliche. <laughs> um, it was very how, how beneficial it was, and just how how sort of awe inspiring the whole experience was.
1: I think that's really cool, though.
0: Yeah, no, no, w- w- without a doubt, it was um, it was it was great. Like I said, you go you go into it with anticipation, and you 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 half know what to expect, but um, but but it really is what you know for anyone out there who who is. Submitting or thinking about submitting to Writers of the Future, I, I really can't recommend it enough. Purely, purely just you know, without all of the other perks, without without being being you know professionally published in a, in a best-selling anthology and all the rest of it, just just the workshop and being in in LA for that week was like uh, really was a sort of once-in-a-lifetime experience.
1: I think that's really cool. How did, did you? Um Get the reveal of your of your artwork, and did you pick yours out right away?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. So, so my, my one was um, uh, first off, I have to give a shout out to Brett Stump, who was my illustrator. He he did a tremendous job, um, but uh, so he made it very easy for me to to pick out right away. Um, but he he took my my lead character, who is shall we say rather flamboyant and. Quite uh, unique, um, unique in his appearance, um, and his his sort of rendition of him was eerily close to, to how I had imagined him in my head. And obviously, I guess that's that's because you know I described him well enough that, that he, he he got the exact sort of picture I was trying to give. But, uh, but yeah, that was that was another great experience as well. Walking into the room and being able to to pick out that out of, out of the, the twelve sort of fantastic illustrations that were on the show, to be able to straight away, like, as soon as I saw it, I, I knew straight away, like, that's that's Malk, that's my, <laughs> my main character, that's him, that must be mine. Um, and it was.
1: That's really cool. Hmm. And um, did you enjoy the uh, presentation of the award and getting all gussied up and all that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean what's, what's not to enjoy, right? I mean, how often does a boy from Kettering Town, England, uh, get to stand on a stage in, in a tuxedo in Hollywood, um, and and sort of give a, accept an award and, and give a speech and be a part of of this sort of craziness. Um, you know, with, with limos taking you to, to to the Taglian complex and having this really nice meal there, and just the, the whole thing was was otherworldly for for us. A, um, a humble man from, from a small town in England
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well I think that's cool I mean that's really fun did you um, So, did you meet anybody that was like um, somebody you always wanted to meet, you know, one of the people who did the workshops or maybe at the awards ceremony
0: um I, 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 some of uh, Say say someone I've always wanted to meet. I wouldn't say so purely because I don't read enough sci-fi and fantasy as I as I should do. So like my my um, of course I've read books by Kevin J. Anderson and I've read um, and I, I've read short stories by Joely Knight before and Dean Wesley Smith. So, so obviously I knew who these people were. I wasn't going into it completely blind. But but like uh, for, for example, a few of the the other writer winners. They, they had been sort of fanboying or fangirling over, over certain of our judges for years. You know, since they were little, they were like their favorite authors. So for them, it was like, a wow, my God, I'm meeting the person who put me on the path to writing. You know, I know Desmond, uh, the writer who won the Golden Pen this year, he, the reason he started writing was because he, he had read uh, Dean Wesley Smith's uh, anthologies. So, so for him it was a real sort of starstruck, like, oh my god, I'm I'm literally getting a lesson from my writing idol. Um, whereas, whereas for me, I, I didn't go there thinking, like, oh my god, there's this person, this person? And I didn't, I didn't, didn't have any of that. But at the same time, it was there getting getting to listen to them. It's um, it. it it's easily sort of clear why they are as successful as they are, and they were all they were also so so genuine and so so nice um, in, in everything they did. So yeah, I really can't thank the judges enough.
1: I think that's cool that you got to at least uh, enjoy all these amazing people. That's really yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, I mean it really was like a. Sort of like I've described it as an experience that money can't. By, to sort of have all of these really, really, really good writers all in the same room and you can literally ask them anything and they will, you know, explain the sort of secrets uh, don't want to use the word secrets, but you know they, they pull the curtain back and reveal everything uh, every, you know, to do with the industry and, and, and writing in itself and then and then you get to go to the, the bar and chat with them until the early hours of the morning about anything. And, you know, you can ask them any question you, you've ever wanted to, to ask a successful author or any question to do with writing or, you know, intros or, or creating villains or anything. You know, they, they are literally there to just just give you whatever information you want, basically. So, so, so it, was, um, it was very special.
1: That's, that's the best part. That's something cool. Um, for the uh, the people listening, could you give the full name of the book and the uh, ch- um, the number? I forgot the the which which copy of it it is. I, I forgot what they call it. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: no, it's okay. So it's um, the, the the full name is L One Hundred Presents Writers of the Future Volume Thirty Eight.
1: Thank you. Volume. That's I just blanked out of yeah. my little head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no worries, I've been, I've been seeing that, that title every day for the last, you know, two months or so, so, uh, yeah.
1: Um, what's the name of your story?
0: My story is loop Lil- of a Lark.
1: Okay, very it's a poetic name. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that actually um ties in quite, quite well with the poetic nature of the piece, I would say. It was, it's intentionally poetic.
1: Okay, makes sense. Um... Do you have a website, and what social media are you on?
0: Yeah, so so my website is Mm www.michaelpanther.com, nice and easy. Um, And my uh, social media handles, I'm on on Twitter and Instagram, that's both Michael Panther 5, the number 5, sorry, the the, the digit 5, not spelled out, so Michael Panther 5. And then I have an author page on Facebook as well. Which okay. is Michael Panther author.
1: Michael Panther author. Okay. And are you, do you have anything that's coming up that you want to give a plug to?
0: Um, nothing coming up. I would say watch this space. Um, I'm currently writing a novel, which is a, not an expansion of, of my winning story from Right to the Future, but it's, it's the same world, same character. Um, and more of his his, uh, rambunctious tales.
1: That's terrific. I think that's really cool. Well, um, we've come to the end. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: No, very much so. I'm always happy to talk. Thank you very much for having me, Sherry.
1: Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.